Now it's time for the Rural News with Monique Steele. Kia ora, Monique. And the number of male calves heading to the freezing works is expected to be higher this season. Yes, that's because the cost of hand-rearing them is just not worth it when they are sold further down the track. Waikato Federated Farmers Dairy Chair Matthew Zonderop says the combination of inflation, paying wages, high feed prices and a falling beef price schedule is putting people off raising bobby calves. It's become now a marginal exercise. You're probably only talking maybe $50, $35 profit per animal. So it's you know you've only got to have two or three sick animals in your mob and um, your profit's gone, you know. So it's, it is, it's very marginal. The irony is, is that even if you can rear them through to 100 kilos, the prices that we were get, that we're getting at the moment, or, you know, when we do get them to 100 kilos, we were getting that 10 years ago. So pretty much an insult, really, for a calf rearer because the market is not willing to pay for the increase in cost themselves. So it is, it is a case of, really, is it, is it worth the effort? Matthew Zonderop says Australia and Brazil are selling a lot of beef internationally at low prices, which is bringing down the price paid to farmers for beef here. He says despite this, there are options for processing an excess number of calves destined for the freezing works. When they do go to the works, there's 140 different products that is derived from a a non-replacement animal. So, you know, it goes from uh, pet food to medicinal stuff, uh, leather goods. It's still a a useful product and Whiskers New Zealand has opened up a new a new factory where they're processing a lot of meat um, into animal tin food um, which is then also exported uh, across the ditch as well so there is a, a large market there for that still so you know there are a, a hell of a lot of cats and dogs in New Zealand so they've all got to be fed. Matthew Zonderup says some dairy farmers may need to hang on to the bobby calves for a few weeks if their local meat processing plant has a backlog due to staff shortages. Forest and Bird is calling for greater accountability from policy makers to support rural and farming communities through the climate crisis. The charity is celebrating 100 years of conservation at its conference in Wellington this weekend. Its chief executive, Nicola Toki, says biodiversity loss, poor water quality and the impacts of climate change are too urgent to avoid. What we are saying is we need to support our farming community. We need to support our farming community because very soon the regulations that are necessary will have to happen. And to me, you know, many of us come from rural backgrounds. I live in a small rural community. What is inevitably going to happen is the changes they will need to make will be like a four by two over the head because we haven't actually taken the rural community on a journey over the last 30 years to get them there. Uh, and so something has to give. Um, and, you know, my concern is the continual delay means that ultimately it will be the farming communities who lose out. Ms Tookie wants answers about how communities will be impacted by changing environmental policies. It kind of behooves all of us to be asking leaders in our communities and in our central and local governments about what they intend to do to show courage in this time of, of crisis. That's Nicola Tookie. And time to get the latest from the sale yards around the country. I caught up with Suze Bremner of AgriHQ earlier today. Well, it was yet another quiet week at the sale yards, though it was the South Island that had to work around trying to get stock to sale in very wet conditions as rain over last weekend caused issues. 
that did keep already low tallies in check at both Tamuka and Canterbury Park at the beginning of the week, and those low numbers possibly helped put some positivity in the store lamb market. So most mixed-sex lambs at Tamuka sold for $107 to $125, and there were three pens of good-weighted half-bred mixed-sex that made $117 to $120. And this week at Stortford Lodge, the quality store lambs were found in actually the U-Lamb section, and heavy types sold for $125 to $156, while most others made $80 to $118. Last Friday at Fielding, most ewe lambs made $77 to $140, and males made $90 to $145. So today's Fielding store lamb tallies are quite low at $4,000, and it's expected that prices should hold given those low tallies, and that there seems to be a few more buyers just re-entering the market at the moment. And lambing is underway. Uh, breeding ewes still being sold. Yeah, you can just need to look around the paddocks around here in Hawke's Bay and know that lambing is definitely in full swing for a lot of farmers. We are seeing breeding ewes still trickling into the North Island yards, but I really can't sugarcoat it. There's, there's little appetite for them. Younger ewes in good condition that have high scanning percentages have been making 150 to $170, but most ewes are trading around the 100 to $130 mark. And it's been quiet on the store cattle trading front. It sure has, especially in the South Island where even the Tamuka store cattle sale, which hadn't been held since the end of June, they only had 190 cattle there. Balclusa did hold a fair of just over 300 cattle and R2 traditional steers sold for $3.20 to $3.25 a kilo. At the North Island yards, R2 traditional steers have mainly been making $3.05 to $3.20 a kilo and dairy beef lines are mostly trading around $2.80 to $3 a kilo. Honey producers in Tairawhiti face an uphill battle after losing many of their hives during Cyclone Gabrielle. Mike King of Pawariki Honey lost about a quarter of his 1,500 hives. He produces mainly manuka honey from 30 sites around the region and has been salvaging gear in the wake of the cyclone. He says income will be down by about two-thirds, not only due to the cyclone damage, but also due to wet weather during the important flowering season for manuka. We had a variety of things that happened. One of the sites, the hives were on pallets and they were strapped down, and so the water just came up and just slowly submerged all the hives and killed all the bees and they went down and they were still there, so we could recover all the gear. And other ones were raging torrents of water and they got washed away down the stream. We had to go and pick them up out of the river. The hardware, so the lids and the floors and the boxes, they all need, need cleaning out. Some of them are unrepairable and, and we might be able to get probably 50 to 60% of the gear back there, but... It's a pretty constant reminder of what we've gone through. Mike King says treatment for Varroa mite has also been compromised this year because hives have been hard to reach. And you can hear more from the Kings on Country Life tonight and tomorrow morning after the news at 7. After a pilot trial in the southeast US, dairy giant Philadelphia is rolling out a plant-based cream cheese throughout the country. Kraft Heinz says the alternative dairy spread, which is coconut oil-based, performed well in trials, with people buying it again and again. Senior brand manager Keenan White says to be the first mainstream cream cheese brand launching a plant-based spread option is an important milestone. Alongside the original plant-based cream cheese, the spread will also be available in strawberry and chive and onion. And just lastly to Australia, where a robot designed to pick mangoes and hopefully ease worker shortages has snapped up a million dollars in venture capital. 
Agricultural Robotics has been working to develop the robot in partnership with the Central Queensland University. Company spokesperson Dr Amanda White told the ABC it's been on trial for several years, but some major technological advancements have happened in the past 12 months. One of Australia's largest mango companies has come on board as a commercial partner. She says the robot project has just received a million dollar injection from investment firm Paspali, which will help the technology to get to growers sooner. And that's the rural news for this week. Kia pai tera.